welcome to another edition of the Jailers Night Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free, coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as we always say, not only do we have the podcast, guys, but we've also got the articles and the forums on the website, so be sure to check out those as well. I'm joined tonight with my guest, Alex Anderson. However, for a change, we're not going to be discussing all the latest action from the World Cup, and instead, we're going to be looking ahead to the first competitive match of the Michael Beale era, which comes tomorrow night against Hibs at what is predicted to be a very cold Ibrox Stadium. Alex, how you doing? This is a bit of a strange one for us, two on a pod and not discussing the World Cup. How much are you looking forward to seeing Rangers in competitive action for the first time under Michael Beale? And crucially, have you got your thermals looked out for tomorrow night? <laughs> I'm, de- I'm demanding. I know you were after one of these blankets uh, tomorrow night. I'm after... I'm after a blanket as well, and uh, I think we should have the the Bovro and the the steak pies on tap tomorrow. You know, um, it's a, a, a total health risk tomorrow. I mean, my my head's spinning. You know, we'll be doing these pods with the World Cup, and we'll be starting them about a Rangers chat, and uh, now we're doing a, a a Rangers pod, and I'm finding myself wanting to talk about the the World Cup semi final, which, as we recorded, has just has just finished. We now know it's a France, it's a France Argentina final. I'm a bit like uh, I know I dressed like a, an old Trump, but. Uh, I'm like Wuzzle Gummidge, you know, I don't know if you remember Wuzzle Gummidge, he used to, before your time, it was that kids TV programme, he was an old scarecrow, he used to change his head, interchangeable heads, we need to talk about different subjects and all that, and that's what I, I've got to take the World Cup head off and then put the, the Rangers one back on, so, yes, um, looking forward to a return to competitive action for, for the teddy bears, uh, Brian, and really looking forward to tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, the same. I'm a bit disappointed I can't make the game because I've got a work night out. So if any of our listeners wants to uh, grab me one of those blankets, I'm hoping it's a Rangers branded blanket. That would be uh, that'd be much appreciated. He's been denied. Denied. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into previewing tomorrow's game. Um, first thing kinda, that I wanted to speak about was the game against Leverkusen and just how much can we take from that in terms of the performance and the style of play. For me, there was a noticeable difference in tempo Impressing actions, and I'm just wondering how much should we read into that, given that it was just a friendly. I uh, Michael Beale himself was was kind of keen to tell us not to read too much into it, um, other than a few was it red flags he called them, uh, a few things that had gone wrong. He didn't like um, his 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 press conferences have been very very interesting. He, he gives good pressers, uh, does Michael, and um, we'll see how that translates onto the pitch. Um, and he did me straight away. I did one of these wee post-match reaction pods that we sometimes do in Jersey after the Leverkusen game. I was stood outside saying the only thing we could tell for sure was that um, we were desperate at centre-half. We, we only had Sands and uh, Leon King available at centre-half. And while I was saying that outside Ibrox, uh, Michael Beale was inside Ibrox uh, dropping big hints that Davis and Goldson were back in training on Monday um, and were going to be having a chance of, have a chance of making it. I don't know how much of that is trying to kind of outsike uh, the Hibs management team or, you know, just, get, I think he's very keen to start with a, a, a sense of momentum, uh, Michael Beale, and get everybody on side and get a kind of bit of optimism about the place. But um, reading between the lines, my old mocker Ronnie Espen asked him today in today's pre-match, pre-Hibs match presser, um, are Goldson and Davis going to be in the squad? And he said, uh, no, it wasn't going to confirm that. He couldn't confirm if they're going to be in the squad. He says we're back in training, you know, so they're available for selection, perhaps. But uh, read between the lines, it sounds like he's maybe going to bring one or both on as subs later on if we're doing well in the game. Uh, making seven changes, other than we're, we're back four at half time in that game against Leverkusen, just really confused the hell out of me. I have no idea. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and guess 
what his lineup's going to be tomorrow or anything like that. We'll get, we'll get a few clues. But I think the, the main thing we can take, um, which is something that should have happened anyway, even if Gio had still been the manager, the players have been off for a month, um, almost exactly a month since that horrible result in Paisley, which um, saw Gio relieved of his duties. And they look sharper. They should look sharper anyway. But uh, there, there definitely was a bit more kind of bounce about them. Uh, as, again, as Beal's keen to say, Bayer Leverkusen are really deep in their kind of uh, extended uh, winter break. So we couldn't read too much into the fact that we put three goals past them. But, you know, um, all you can do is beat what's in front of you. Um, Steven Gerrard also had a great record in friendlies. He used them to build up momentum when the pre-season friendlies. Yeah. Uh, but I, we, looked, we looked sharp, mate. And the one for me was Alfredo Morelos looked a bit thinner. <laughs> you know, he looked he looked as if he'd he's he's kinda getting ready to impress the new manager as Alfredo was is wanting to do. Um so, you know, all kind of criticism of Alfredo aside, that is, you know, just objectively a good thing if if he's uh, ready to get back into action. But um I don't know how much how much we can actually take from it other than, you know, the players have had a good break, they look sharp and that they're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, your point on Morelos kind of brings me on to my next point that we would talk around now. Some of the kind of selection dilemmas that he's got. Uh, one of the ones for me that will be interesting will be, does he go with Morelos or Cholak up top? Um, I don't know what you think on it. Personally, I think Morelos looked hungry against Leverkusen. He looked a bit sharper, a bit more like he was back to his old self in terms of being able to bully a defence. He set up Arfield's goal. I think he won the penalty as well. Um, so he definitely looked, you know, hungrier and leaner, as you say, and sharper, and like he was kind of ready to get back into action. All, all the best bits of Alfie were on display. He had the, the, the cynicism that can sometimes lead to him just not being interested and thinking he can work a, a transfer for himself. It was the right kind of cynicism this time in the way he went down for the penalty. You know, it, it just took a slight nudge from the, uh, the the Dutch kind of wing back that played for Leverkusen and, and down he went. I think it was a really soft penalty, but, you know, he, he did well to win, is it? And then it was typical Alfie with his, uh, his back to goal, you know, holding off a centre-half and he hits the deck, but he's still squaring it um, beautifully into the, the, the path of uh, Scott Arfield. So it was it was back to being uh, the, the Alfie that we love. And I think this is the, the whole thing with Michael Beale um, taking over. We know what happened under Gio. Alfredo scored the first two goals under Gio and at that night against Sparta yeah. Prague, Gio was uh, yeah. first first match in charge. He was fantastic uh, in that spell that we went on, like, I think a seven, he, he won, Gio won his first seven games in charge yeah. in the league and uh, I think we only conceded in maybe one of those games um, and, and Alfie was front and centre of that uh, kind of march to, you know, a six-point lead or whatever it was uh, at that winter break. So I'm looking at, we have to get to that point again almost. I'm hope, We need to start like that. We need to start, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, even if it's just a case of them all trying to impress the new manager before the shenanigans start again. Um, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that it, it lasts longer than that. I think the proof will be in the pudding, you know, two or three months down the line, if they can maintain some sort of form. But the first thing we've got to do is make sure we do get new manager bounce again. Um, and Alfie looks like he wants to uh, he wants to be part of that. He was he was ready to bounce in the right way, not because he's guts bouncing about, but because he's up for he's up for the game again. Yeah, he did look up for it. The kind of Morelos versus Cholak headache that Bill's got is probably a nice headache for him to have. But another kind of position that's probably a bit less of a nice headache for him to have is at left back. We're, we're kind of short on options um, just now. I think um, Redvan's still injured. I don't think there was anything. Yeah, I'm spoken about him at the press conference in terms of when he may be back. And obviously Borna's still away with Croatia. I know they got eliminated, but he'll still be over there for the um, third place playoff. Um, 
So um, Adam Devine obviously played against Leverkusen. That's probably not his natural position. He's more of a, a right full-back. But would you be comfortable when playing there against him? Or would you prefer we try and find another solution, be that a back three, which I don't think he was particularly keen to play, or maybe playing somewhere else in that position? Or would you be quite happy to see Devine play there? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen at all. Um, I am quite I'm I'm reasonably comfortable with Adam Devine. I think it's because we're playing Hibs and we're playing at Ibrox, and I think there'll be such a sense of kind of positivity. Uh, I don't know how long it will last, but there'll be a, there'll be a positivity tomorrow night. Um, and that's one thing I think the Leverkusen friendly helped. There wasn't there wasn't a big crowd there. You know, I thought that some of the some of the kind of vitriol you know that was online about about Geo, you would have thought there was going to be a kind of sense of celebration almost when Michael Beale stepped up as one new manager, and a lot of people very very noisy um, about wanting to get rid of Geo, um, and I thought it might be a bigger crowd there um, on Saturday. Uh, I know it wasn't on the, the season ticket as such, but I thought it'd be a bigger crowd there on Saturday to welcome our new manager. Um, I know it's cold, I know it's come up to Christmas, you know, and people are maybe more interested in, in being at home for the. What was it Portugal um, were playing Morocco in the after you know in the tea time kickoff in the World Cup that night so I don't know but I felt as if there, there could have been more kind of sense of momentum but the one thing that's happened is we won the game three 0 we're going into this with this real kind of a bit of confidence tomorrow night at least and that should see Adam Devine through other solutions I mean I'm showing my age here you know and it's something we don't even contemplate is the idea that the established right back could go in. To left back, but can you imagine yeah. trying to play James Tavernier uh, at left back when he's so effective as an attacking force yeah. in the wing? Um, I think Adam Devine's always he, he's played well any time he stepped up. Um, he was very good, you know. It's been said, I was saying it after the game on Saturday. He was up against Musa Diaby yeah. in that first half, you know, kind of PSG. I thought he did really well. I thought he quite himself really well for playing on his wrong side, even getting forward. I always thought, I always remember John Flanagan as a right footer playing on left back. And yes. I always thought he never ever looked comfortable going forward because he always used to bring the ball on his right foot because that was his natural thing. But I thought Divine even going forward, you know, he wasn't as blunt as a Flanagan was, um, for example. Uh, it, it's concerning. I think it's particularly concerning. I think we can always fit somebody in, but I think we're all, you know, we can always fit a youngster into the defence if the rest of the teams, you know, it's the first teamers that are in. But we're already Leon King, you know, good news that he's maybe going to sign in a contract extension, you know, um, but I'm would be quite happy to see young Leon getting a bit of a break. You know, I know it's had one in terms of being off for a month, but he started great down at Anfield. He had a, good, he had a decent night down at Anfield. Um, that was a, a hell of a kind of baptism. But then it, it got to the point like the, the St Mirren game where he had that horrible uh, head injury we were all glad he's recovered from. Um, but he was, you know, and against Ajax uh, in, in, in the, the last Champions League group match at Ibrox, he's doing that thing where he's just kind of standing, watching the ball and kind of guiding it into the net. I feel terrible. Um, having a go at him, but he's he's just been he's just been thrown in too deep too early. Um, and we've got James Sands, who's essentially playing out of position. If he's going to be playing centre half uh, tomorrow night, so you're looking at basically three positions in the defence, all being you know not unstable, but guys who shouldn't be there at this stage of the season. Yeah. Hibs, I'm hoping they'll be struggling to find uh, find their form, so they maybe not be too much of a threat. So I don't know what you're talking about three at the back of them. He, he might maybe even drop Lundstrom back in there or something and get Adam Devine pushed up so he's more about, you know, you know, an attacking threat, a kind of wing back, as opposed to, you know, out and out defending. But um yeah, when I was a see when I was a lad, it was in a situation like this, you're you're right back, uh, if it was a seasoned professional like as Tavas, he would go over and just take you know, he could take over and put the young boy in at his position, the position he's com more comfortable in. 
um, uh, have, have young Adam in at right back. But I'm hoping it's not going to be a great issue tomorrow night. Mate. I am slightly more concerned, as you say, Borna will definitely be involved in the you know the third fourth place playoff at the World Cup. So he'll be in Qatar on Saturday at least. I don't know if he's going back to Croatia first or whatever. But uh, Aberdeen at Pataudry, it's not a game I would be comfortable seeing young Adam Devine um, playing out of position in. Um, but I, I would I would love to have Borna back for that, but I don't yeah. know if it would be too quick for him. He's only played one game at this World Cup, yeah. Borna. So. I've, I've heard FIFA have issued unofficial guidance about players that reach the finals stages of the tournament, so either the quarter-finals, semi-finals or final, getting two weeks off. <laughs> um, I don't think it's official guidance, so maybe perhaps Borna could come back and say, no, actually, I want to play against Aberdeen. But I think FIFA issued like unofficial guidance to say that um, players that kind of reach the latter stages of the tournament should be getting two weeks off. So that might pose a problem. Of course, the, the other thing is we've all heard this in the last few days. If you've been uh, watching Twitter, that uh, Borna will just do whatever he wants because apparently his, his dad's one of the top gangsters in uh, Croatia. You know, so I've, whatever I've Borna wants to do. Left back. It made it made it made perfect sense when I saw. I just remembered that game against Antwerp a couple of seasons ago, where he was taking the penalties. Well, Talf had gone off injured, and Borna was taking the penalties. A couple of penalties against Antwerp, and the goalkeeper was trying to kind of outsike him. And he's but after it, he was got and he was in the goalie's face, yeah. and he had to get you know basically Stephen Gerrard during COVID. There was no crowd there, and you could hear Stephen Gerrard at the end of the game going, "Connor, Connor, get him off!" And there was Borna <laughs> still, but it wasn't in that kind of. You know, yeah. uh, kind of pavement dancing. You know, like it was. It was he's almost smiling. He's like, no, no, we'll have a fight now. We will have a fight now. <laughs> it got in my face. And I thought something all right with Borna, you know, but in, in, a, in a in a really good way. Yeah. So I, he can I, do what he wants. <laughs> I remember him in another game squaring up to the away fans. I can't remember. I think it was a European qualifier. I want to say it was the Legia Warsaw one. I might be wrong. Young boys burn. I think he did it as well. Maybe was it was it that one I'm thinking of? Maybe not. Up maybe to the not. Section I brought. Aye, like, right a, up to the coldest. Yeah. Come ahead, all three and a half thousand of you. <laughs> Fair dues, Bonner. That'll, that'll do for us. It makes more sense now. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting talking about the kind of issues that we have at, at centre half, particularly for me. That just emphasises how crucial it is that we get Goldson and Davies back as soon as possible. I know people said today that they're back in training and. He's potentially hoping to get the minutes tomorrow, even if it's just off the bench. But, I mean, getting the two back and getting a settled defence, that could be pivotal going into the next, you know, month of fixtures, couldn't it? Absolutely. Um, I, I think in, in James Tavernier's uh, kind of in the presser today, he was also talking about, I think it was foremost in my mind, was Conor Golson as a leader. You know, you, you just need him, have him in, at training and have him in the dressing room. You know, is, is absolutely yeah. essential because he's a guy who just wants to. He's got the right attitude, and I think he'd be a great cheerleader and a great kind of uh, lieutenant for Bill and putting across everything he wants to do. Um, and in terms of actually playing, well, I think it's it's a really kind of maybe a glib, maybe a slightly disingenuous way of summing it up. But well, we're drawing one each with Liverpool, and Conor Golson goes off, and we lose six goals <laughs> after he goes off. Yeah. Um, it's I think he sums up just how we overstretch ourselves in that uh, kind of thick and fast Champions League campaign. You know, the fact that it actually took out the one guy you know, who's probably even more reliable than James Tavernier in terms of being fit um, was 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 quite was quite kind of dispiriting. Um, and it's been a massive, he's been an absolutely massive loss. Um, so I'd be really, really delighted to have him back. I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know what Michael Beale was trying to do there. As I say, we're kind of making out that we're going to have Davis and, and Goldson back. You know, I think it's maybe just taking a. I don't know. We're trying outside the, the Hibs management team when they're making their plans, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think they'll be uh, greatly phased by that kind of patter. I, I can't see them starting tomorrow night. But the sooner we can get, I mean, Davis as well. Ben Davis was coming on to a fantastic game, and they were looking. I think they had what two, three games where they looked yeah. like a fantastic. Yeah. But you can see what they're going to be. They've got a great partnership. Yeah. Um, I think that sums up a lot. Of, a lot of the bad luck that Geo had as well. Um, that wouldn't have helped things, um, but I, I, the sooner we can get them back, particularly when Neil's making big noises already about wanting to play in the front foot, you know, we're going to be all out attack and we're going to play like a big team, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. So we're going to be going for it attacking-wise. You need to make sure you get the safety valve at the back um, and, and having those two there will allow uh, all our players uh, in an attacking sense to kind of just go for it with it, no worries, you know. So aye, aye, the sooner we get them back, the better, mate. Yeah. Now, looking a bit at our opponents tomorrow, Hibs, I just wanted your take on how big a threat do you think Hibs pose? Now, looking at their recent record, they've lost four of their last five in the league prior to the break. And we obviously know that, you know, one of their main players, Martin Boyle, he's out for the rest of the season. Um, but do we just need to be careful that we don't underestimate them and we recognise that they still can pose a, pose a threat? Or should we be looking at this game as one that, you know, Rangers can win comfortably? Aye, uh, we should definitely be winning it anyway. Um, Hibs, you've always got to kind of be careful. They've they have this thing. Hibs, they, they seem to be the team. Like if if we're going through a bad spell, they'll be there to kind of you know chase that ambulance. They'll be there to kind of cash in on it. You know, kind of kick us when we're down. Um, and yet we'll scalp them. Let me scalp them six one. You know, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of put them back in their place, but. Even the like, yeah, 2016 Cup Final is obviously the most famous kind of instance where we'd, you know, we'd won the, the, the championship so early that we had a lack of competitive football for about a month. And Hibs, the very fact that they'd struggled and had only made the playoffs had actually meant they were playing competitive football right up to the, the Cup Final. So they came into that game sharp on them and they were able to take advantage of us. And, you know, been, I've been rubbing it in my face ever since. Um, there are real... There was a, before Stephen Gerrard won our first Old Firm League match uh, since we'd come back to the top flight, I think the game before that, it was Hibs uh, at Ibrox and we were winning one nothing, but like five minutes to go and he equalised right at the end, you know, just taking a sicken us. So they, they have that in them, Hibs. They always have had um, this ability to just do it. I think outside Celtic, Hibs are probably the team that I've seen winning at Ibrox most often, the, the domestic team. That have, uh, Three or four times in my lifetime, I can remember Hibs winning like three nothing at Ibrox, three nothing, three one. You know, so they have this capability. They they love beating Rangers, um, but they don't do it as often as we'd like. You know, we've got a great record at Easter Road, for example. But I think this season, even that two two draw at Easter Road, the very fact that they were chasing the game um, when we were down to nine men, and they seem to spend so much time celebrating the fact that they'd equalised at home against nine men, they forgot to chase an actual winner. I think that proves a kind of essential small-mindedness that's there. Yeah. Um, so I think tomorrow night, I'm hoping it's just such a kind of a uh, welcome back, Michael Beal kind of sense of renewed optimism that we just we, we kind of sweep them away. But um, I, they've, they've been in bad form. I think it's, I think it's the two runs of three defeats either side of a victory over St Mirren's. It's like kind of uh, one win or one one game that have avoided defeat in, in in the last seven. But they've really needed this break as well, like yeah. ourselves, so uh, we'll, we'll need to be careful, but if we're on it, uh, I think we should be we should be okay. You said quite rightly that we really needed the break prior to 
priority of the World Cup, obviously. I think we were all feeling that we just needed a bit of a break. Um, one of the last points I wanted to touch on is that historically in the last few years, Rangers haven't been very good coming back from winter breaks. Um, does that concern you? And how kind of vital is it that we get off to a winning start tomorrow night? Uh, regardless of it being Michael Beale's first match, but, you know, just thinking about previous years when we've came back from winter breaks and also the fact that we're in a position now where we need to try and put the pressure on wherever we can, given the current points gap. Yeah, I think the, it's, it's a really strange situation all round uh, just now. We've got this, it's a winter break, but I'm actually, because of this World Cup, because it, it's the time of the break's been moved forward. You know, we're used to going, I, I'm, I'm still kind of instinctively expecting us to get through these three or four games of the festive period, we'll play Celtic in the 2nd of January, and then I'm kind of subconsciously expecting a month off after that. Do you know what, it's, it's really straight, I forget this is the actual winter break for Rangers. Um, the one thing I would say is, what is it, three, four of the last five uh, winter breaks have, have cost us, you know, we've... we've as you say, we've gone to it looking good. We're going to it looking like the team to beat. And when we come back, we've collapsed. This is one time where we've gone into it looking like, you know, in 55, 55 season, there was no winter break. You know, yeah. and, so, yeah. and there was no crowds either. So we just carried, carried right on through. The one thing I would say is we're very much not, you know, an on form going into this winter break. So I'm hoping that's re not reverse jinx stick kind of thing. You know, we're, we're terrible. Celtic are looking like they're, They've got the league all wrapped up uh, going into this break. I'm hoping that you know we can kind of reverse that, um, especially with it being this this kind of weird time of year. You know we're actually starting to play football again. It's like a restart of the season uh, in the middle of December. We've got this whole thing. We've got a new manager. You know Stephen Davis is a doctor. All of a sudden, I didn't know how hard he'd been studying. You know, which is quite. Maybe that'll help his game now that he can he can put the books aside that he got that doctorate uh, in the bag. Quite a cheap, uh, impressive for a man of his age. You know, we've even got a new portrait in the the dressing room wall. You know, it, it's kind of there is a kind of change in the guard feeling. Um, and I think there was such a an outcry, which something kind of depressed me. I get to understand the, the heaviness of the defeats under Gio. When we did lose, it was awful, but there was a real strange kind of toxicity towards. Mm. Geo and the board and Ross Wilson, everybody, everything was awful and everybody was a disgrace and everybody had to go and everybody who wasn't slagging everybody at Rangers wasn't even a Rangers supporter, I was I was being told. Um, it was really awful. Uh, so I'm hoping at least we can take advantage of the fact that, that even the knee-jerkers, the knee-jerk loyal should yeah. be appeased tomorrow night. You know, they, sh they should be quite happy going into this game. So we need to get it going, mate. We, need, we really need to get it going. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what the how everybody feels, the objectives, you know, we've got two cups to play for, we're nine points behind in the league, is it a case of we're thinking, if, if Michael Beale finishes seven points behind Celtic, is that an improvement? Is that good enough? You know, I doubt it because at some point to, to reduce the gap, we will have done well and that means we'll then have to, we'll then have to have a wee, a wee slip and Gio got no, I mean, he, he, he gave us a six point lead. Stephen Gerrard had started last season really badly. Um, he dropped yeah. points about four games. Gio kind of compensated for that, um, but you know we end up losing the league by four points, which you know Stephen Gerrard could be as responsible for as as Gio. But Gio was getting it tight, so I think yeah. Bill knows he's going to get it tight pretty quickly if he doesn't hit the ground running. Yeah, for me it definitely feels like there's been a bit of a cloud lifted. Uh, I'm certainly feeling more positive going into tomorrow night than I was um, prior to the break. Um, I think just Michael Bill coming in seems to have given. 
been a bit of kind of fresh air into the place, just a bit of freshness and a bit of new ideas. And you know, when you hear the way the players are talking in interviews, they seem to be taking on board these ideas. And there just seems to be a bit of newness about the place, even though he's been here before. It's still, I don't know, it's got that kind of freshness feel about it. And that's, I'm kind of weirded out by it. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure. It's now, as I say, I, I definitely know that the majority of the crowd, there were people back in their seats who, you know, weren't in their seats uh, for, a, for a few weeks before Gio left. Uh, I know they'll be back tomorrow night. But I, I feel that they, we've established this kind of habit of if somebody's not doing the business, they've got to go straight away. You know, I know... I myself lost faith in Gio and I could see that the players clearly weren't enjoying what they were doing and uh, the the manager himself, Gio, eventually just looked like a man who wanted to get out of there, you know, and it was the heaviness of the defeats, you know, losing two games by 4-0, you know, that's, that doesn't happen yeah. at Rangers, you know, two, two straight games like that and 7-1 to Liverpool was just, that's just, no, we can't, yeah. we, we, can't be, we can't be doing that. But um, I feel as if Michael Beale... His press conferences now are quite interesting, but I'm not 100% convinced by them. He's, he's, he almost sounds like he's still trying to get the job. It, 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 like him going to that game where Gio was the manager of the Aberdeen game, you know, it's it, it's like he's in like a bit of a PR campaign and he's ticking a lot of the boxes. It's almost like he's been reading the you know, Rangers' Twitter and he's saying, we'll be on the front foot. We'll be, oh, I might play two strikers together. You know, oh, did I let that slip? You know, as if he, he thinks he's, you know, Alec Ferguson playing mind games. It was quite kind of weird. Um, a bit, a bit kind of. Uh, I found it a bit clumsy at times. He's uh, part of today, but if it works and it gets everybody on side, that, 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 that that's absolutely fine. I kind of make up my mind if this is, if this is uh, Walter Smith coming back, you know, to replace you know kind of Paul Gwen, um halfway through two thousand six, two thousand seven, or if it's Alec McLeish coming in, you know, to to take over from Dick Advocate, you know, um, a few years before that. It's just. And either it's kind of halfway through the season, we're well behind in the league. Celtic look like they're going to win the league, and um, we're as much planning for the following season as we are yeah. trying to do something uh, this season. But I just want us to get in there and test Celtic, test their resolve, test because there's the one thing about having a nine point lead, and I've seen us doing it before. I think Colin was talking about this the other day. It, you know, I think back 86, 87, Celtic had a, had a lead like that in the, in the days of two points for a win. Um, when you start chipping away at it, teams can get nervous. You know, they can start yeah. thinking, are we yeah. going to chuck this? And that in itself is enough to make them chuck more points. So I would like to give us, give them a right good test, you know, and, and, and suss them out. But uh, we'll see how it goes tomorrow night, mate. But I'm, I'm, I'm still a bit kind of reserving judgment um, until I see what happens. Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, lastly, lastly from me, Alex, is if you're feeling brave, uh, let's have a score prediction from you. I can't, I can't even give you... The only prediction I give you is I think we're going to go with two uh, sitting in midfield. I don't even know what that midfield's going to be, mate. <laughs> uh, I think Malik Tillman's going to play. Um, but I, I don't... I, I really couldn't tell you what the, what the score's going to be. When Walter come back, I think we beat the United 5-0 in his first game uh, back. And I think a lot of us are looking at Michael Beale, where we're kind of imposing on him unfairly, the kind of Walter Smith thing, that combination of... He was Gerard's assistant, the, the, the ex-Liverpool captain who won the European Cup. Um, and we're, we're kind of seeing him as a returning hero as well. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously Michael Beals would be the first one to tell you he's no Walter Smith, uh, but very few people are. He's more brash, he's coming across more brash and more yeah. abrasive. Walter just kind of worked his way into the job and kind of was yeah. as, said as little as he possibly could. I, I know that's me showing my age. We're now in an era of... You know, kind of Jose Mourinho and, you know, Jurgen Klopp, this kind of thing of talking big and setting this kind of tone and players seem to buy into that, but we don't have that kind of level of player 
Uh, and he certainly doesn't have that kind of level of money. So the way he's talking, we should win three or four nothing. Um, and I'm thinking, but if we're looking at a guy who's going to be here long term and is going to revolutionise things, is going to get us going again in this next phase of our comeback from 2012, we're maybe better with a wee kind of tight win that keeps everybody thoroughly grounded. Um, I'm I'm, a bit, I'm, a, I'm as scared of us getting looking too good too quick as I am of us uh, looking looking too bad. But um, I would guess I would I would guess a, a wee two goal win tomorrow night be that two nothing or, or three one. I'd take that all day long. <laughs> right, guys, all that's left for me to do is remind you that the podcast is, as always, available on all your usual podcasting platforms. And as I said earlier, we've also got the articles and the forums over at the website. Um, I'd just like to thank my guest, Alex, for his excellent insight and knowledge, as always. And it was nice to be on a pod discussing all about Rangers and kind of leaving the World Cup chat for, a, for another day. Um, in terms of what we've got coming up next on the network, um, me and Alex will be back over the coming days to look back at the semi-finals of the World Cup and look forward towards the final. And we'll have the usual Sunday pod um, reviewing the action tomorrow night. Yeah, until next time, guys. Bye for now.